Welcome back to Tamout Radio on KDRT 95.7 FM in Davis, California. This is your host, Rohan Bakshi. Some of you have already started dreaming about your Thanksgiving meal. Stuffing, mashed potatoes, gravy, cranberry sauce, pumpkin pie, and of course, turkey. Or for our vegetarian listeners, a plant-based turkey substitute. But did you ever wonder why and how the humble turkey became such a central part of Thanksgiving? And what's the deal with the president pardoning turkeys? Most people assume that what we eat at Thanksgiving these days is the same stuff that was eaten during the meals shared in 1621 between the pilgrims at Plymouth Colony in present-day Massachusetts and the Wampanoag native people. But that's probably a myth. It's more likely that the pilgrims brought duck or geese and the native people brought deer to this meal, not turkey. The tradition of giving thanks for the fall harvest was a European tradition brought by settlers during colonial times and is not really specific to the pilgrims. Over the next couple of centuries, the turkey started being served at harvest feasts mostly because these birds were everywhere in North America. And because they are a sizable creature, each turkey weighs about 30 pounds on average. One turkey could feed an entire family as well as their neighbors. But turkeys were not still associated with Thanksgiving. The author Sarah Josepha Hale, in her 1827 book Northwood, featured the turkey as part of a New England Thanksgiving meal and started campaigning to establish Thanksgiving as a national holiday. She felt that this would help bring our divided country together in the days leading up to the Civil War. This worked. In 1863, Abraham Lincoln issued a presidential proclamation to make Thanksgiving a national holiday in the United States. So that's the long history of how the turkey ended up becoming associated with Thanksgiving, and it really didn't have anything to do with pilgrims at all. And what's the deal with the president pardoning turkeys on Thanksgiving? Back in 1948, President Truman received a couple of turkeys from the Poultry and Egg National Board and the National Turkey Federation, which it seemed were not pardoned but were eaten at Christmas dinner. Then President Kennedy was presented with a turkey by the same groups, and Kennedy pardoned him, stating, quote, let's keep him going. Nixon's wife sent their turkeys to the Oxen Hill Children's Farm to live out their days. President Jimmy Carter's wife sent their turkey to Evans Farm Inn to live in a mini zoo. Reagan kept the annual pardoning tradition going, and other presidents followed. In 1989, during George H.W. Bush's administration, the pardoning ceremony of turkeys at the White House became an official thing. For our listeners who are planning to pardon a turkey and stick to a plant-based diet this Thanksgiving, great job! By eating less meat, you can transform our food system, improve your health, help our planet, and in the process, save a few turkeys. Turkeys are also an important part of our ecosystem. In today's episode of Time Out Radio, we meet biologist John McNerney, who is the City of Davis's Wildlife Resource Specialist. John and I talk about our city's resident flock of wild turkeys. Some Davis residents find them annoying, but a lot of people like having them around. They can be fun to watch. I've become used to seeing them around town pretty much all my life, 
and for me, they're just a part of the scenery. And talking of scenery, our place of the week is Turkey, of course. Up next is Eyes on You by Nikki Yor. You're listening to Time Out Radio on 95.7 KDRT. There are about 100 turkeys that roam wild on the streets of my hometown of Davis, California. I pass by a bunch of them every day as I bike to school along East 8th Street. Our guest on today's episode of Time Out Radio is Davis City Wildlife Resource Specialist, John McNerney. So, John, welcome to the show. First off, can you tell our listeners about how long these wild turkeys have been around Davis and how they got here? Well, thanks. I appreciate being on your show. And, you know, when they were first seen in town is actually debatable. When they were first documented and recorded was about uh, 2000, year 2006, when uh, there was a formal observation made of about nine adults uh, in 
basically walking down the street, walking down pole line, eventually making it their way to the Davis Cemetery where they kind of established and, and stuck around and ended up successfully breeding thereafter. Mm-hmm. And a while back, uh, a Davis turkey known as Downtown Tom uh, bullied and chased people around the downtown area. And he became so aggressive that uh, some people who he went after uh, had to call 911 for help. So mm-hmm. what do you recommend doing if someone gets into, you know, this type of terrifying encounter with a wild turkey? Yeah, you know, and that's not typical that these sorts of interactions occur. Um, they don't always have to be terrifying interactions. We do occasionally get, you know, an aggressive individual. They are kind of awkward and large and and they can be kind of scary when they're up close and personal, but they're typically not aggressive um, and they rarely make unprovoked physical contact with people. But as you've uh, indicated, there was a, an aggressive individual, which can occur, especially territorial males during the breeding season. They get full of testosterone. They get, you know, they look at us as potential competitors for resources. Uh, so they do puff themselves up and gobble and, and, and act scary. But, you know, as far as a, you know, a negative interaction with like it harming you, jumping up, pecking you, scratching you, that's, that's very rare. So, so I guess my advice there would be, you know, don't panic, take a deep breath, remain calm, be assertive. And you could really either ignore the bird and just walk on past it. It'll leave you alone if you walk on past it. But if it pursues you, which sometimes it can uh, do, uh, it'll, you know, make clucking noises and it'll kind of walk towards you. You can just be aggressive back, you know, clap your hands, shout at it, stomp your foot. Um, And if you need to, you can always take a handbag or a backpack or an umbrella, whatever you might have nearby to kind of put it in between you and that bird to make you feel comfortable or to kind of convince that bird that you're, you know, you're no one to be messed with. But the important thing is just to remain calm, you know, and, and be assertive. And some Davis residents complain that these wild turkeys, you know, damage their landscaping, scratch their car. Uh, or are a traffic hazard. How does the city of Davis handle this with turkeys that, you know, become a public menace? So, you know, with all wildlife uh, living in urban communities, there's potential for some sort of conflict, right? For the most part, someone like a, a property owner would be responsible for kind of maintaining that that residential pest, right? But the city recognizes that turkeys aren't just specific to some one individual's yard. They're kind of all over the place and and they do end up causing some traffic issues. They are in the parks, they are in people's yards, uh, up in trees, et cetera. So there are some community impacts that were recognized and the city uh, realized we needed to get involved to try to help the rest of the community to resolve or at least reduce some of the issues that turkeys have created. We developed a wild turkey management plan back in 2016, and it was adopted by city council. And that plan identifies kind of a four-prong management approach. The first prong being going heavy into outreach and education, you know, helping people to understand that feeding them is not a good idea. It causes habituation. It causes them to congregate in small areas. It really kind of focuses their activity to a given location. Um, and, and feeding of wildlife is rampant in the city as it is anywhere else, right? Whether it's intentional or unintentional. 
Uh, we have a lot of unintentional feeding of wild turkeys here in town. You know, they like to go forage under people's bird feeders. So when they put food in their feeders to feed smaller birds that might be visiting the yard, a lot of that waste seed falls to the ground and uh, the turkeys then are accessing that, which kind of increases the challenges, uh, especially to more localized areas. Another management element is, uh, aside from the outreach and education element, uh, is working with the Department of Fish and Wildlife, California Department of Fish and Wildlife, to do trapping and relocation. So since we since 2016, we've translocated about 45 to 50 birds. Um, we were only able to trap twice, uh, two subsequent years uh, before, or actually it might have been three now that I think about it. But at the at this moment, uh, starting, I think, in 2020, the department stopped uh, allowing translocation of wildlife or permitting it. So we're kind of unable to do those translocations right now, unfortunately. And until they change their policy on that, we won't be able to implement that trapping and, and relocation. A- another prong of that management approach is promoting natural predators. So we where we can, we allow, well, we promote like hawks, who are pretty significant predators of young turkeys, uh, also known as poults. For you uh, trivia people out there, a young turkey is called a poult. And hawks are capable of capturing those poults and consuming them, and they do. We see Swainson's hawks capture them, uh, red-tailed hawks, red-shouldered hawks, uh, probably Cooper's hawks. And we've seen an increase in the number of breeding Cooper's hawks in town here which is good. Uh, We also are very tolerant of coyote activity in the area. You know, a lot of communities, maybe in in the state of California and elsewhere, might be a little hesitant to allow coyotes to to live so close into these urban areas, but uh, the city takes more of a coexistive approach to coyote management, um, working with those animals and people to try to find middle ground. And certainly having coyotes on the transition of town and in some of the larger urban infill areas is okay as long as they're (laughs) helping to control some of the pest species like turkeys. And in fact, we do know that the coyotes are accessing turkeys because we find predated carcasses, but also we find turkey remains in the feces of coyotes that we know on territory. So that's been pretty good. It's been good to have some of the natural predation. And then, as you mentioned already, or alluded to earlier, we Uh, do sometimes get those overly aggressive individuals in town. um, And we do have the ability to do selective lethal removal of those individuals if they become an obvious public health and safety threat. I can encourage people to to act uh, calmly and and be assertive when they're, uh, you know, encountering these aggressive individuals. But, But that's easier said than done for some people, right? And it's a natural instinct to try to want to run away or avoid the advances of a turkey like that. But unfortunately, when people do that, they step off of curbs, maybe twist an ankle, walk into front of traffic, potentially injuring themselves. So that sort of close quarters interaction with aggressive birds, especially in the downtown area, ends up being a public health and safety threat. So we have to we have to act on that. Mm-hmm. For trivia fans, a group of turkeys is known as a rafter. This is because when barns and other buildings were being constructed, people would find turkeys roosting in the rafters of those structures. I grew up in Davis and am used to seeing turkeys forging around town, minding their own business. 
they add to the quirkiness and ambiance of Davis. Visitors from more urban areas or UC Davis freshmen find them an unexpected and exciting attraction and sometimes stop to take pictures. Ecologically, wild turkeys are a prey species and have evolved as a food source for numerous animals and birds, such as bobcats, hawks, and great horned owls. The scientific name of the turkey is Milagris galopavo, uh, which translates to guinea fowl chicken peacocks. Uh, that's quite a mouthful. Speaking yeah. of which, Thanksgiving is around the corner. So can someone in Davis just head to wherever these turkeys hang out and pick one up for their Thanksgiving dinner? So the answer to that would be yes or no, uh, and no, maybe not, or it's not a, it's a, so, so the short answer is no, in the city limits, you know, turkeys are harvest species. They're a public resource as such. In fact, they were brought into the state of California for uh, recreational hunting harvest opportunity. So anybody who has a, an appropriate hunting license through the state of California can go and harvest a turkey and bring it to their, their table for consumption. The challenge is, is you can only legally do that, uh, harvest a, a turkey using a shotgun, a rifle, or a bow with an arrow, right? But you can't use those weapons legally within the city of Davis limits. So if you were, or even the immediate vicinity of, of Davis. So someone wanting to go take one of our local urban birds they wouldn't legally be able to do so, but they could if they were, again, a licensed uh, hunter going out to a property that they have permission to hunt on, they could legally harvest a, a turkey out there and bring it home for the table for sure. Mm -hmm. And you are a wildlife biologist um, and are the city of Davis's wildlife resource specialist. So tell us about what sort of education and training you had to go through for this job. Yeah, so I received my degree in wildlife biology with a minor in natural resource interpretation at Humboldt State University, uh, which is now Cal Poly Humboldt. After I received my degree there, uh, I worked for various wildlife, state, federal, and private wildlife organizations or, or wildlife jobs. I worked for the Forest Service. I worked for, you know, Department of Fish and Wildlife, worked in private consulting as a wildlife biologist. So you know, I, I worked at those various jobs before, before finding this position. And uh, when I when I saw this, I, it looked like a wonderful opportunity. So I applied and, and ended up getting the job here. And that was a little over 22 years ago. Mm -hmm. And what's the best part of your job? Uh, best part of my job, you know, I really enjoy working with the Davis community. You know, most people here are super supportive of wildlife and, and wildlife resources. I think the best feeling for me and being satisfactory with the job working here is when I can make, make a connection with the, the residents here to help them understand and appreciate wildlife, especially wildlife that, you know, uh, global issues where we see decline wildlife populations, you know, we're all on this planet together and, you know, carving out spaces for wildlife and protecting those spaces is more important now than ever as the human population continues to grow. We, we reached a milestone in the human population recently. I can't remember what that is, but perhaps you know. Yesterday from this recording, this interview, November 15th, uh, the world population reached 8 billion people. That's right. So yeah. 
my last one for you uh it's a little bit of out of the box um since you know you're not just specialized in turkeys you're the wildlife resource specialist here if you could be any animal other than a human and let's say other than a turkey uh what type of animal would you want to be and why <laughs> i love this question and not just because you acknowledge that uh, the human animal right but i've thought about this quite a bit over my years of monitoring studying different wildlife and i think i'd, I'd certainly want to be a bird of prey some sort of raptor like a hawk or a falcon or an owl uh, undecided which you know they're all pretty cool so i'm not going to be too picky and i think it's because they're just they're truly masters of flight and you know they can cover long distances in a day and i i would just love to have that capability you know going out over the open fields, hunting for some food and flying around. It just sounds like a pretty nice way to, to exist. All right. Well, thank you so much for your time, John, for joining me on Time Out Radio today. You're welcome. Thanks for having me on. All right. That's John McNearney, who is the Davis City Wildlife Resource Specialist. Yeah.
And that was Baby Queen by Gorillaz. In today's travel segment, we visit, no surprise, the country of Turkey. The Republic of Turkey is home to 86 million people. Its capital is Ankara and its official language is Turkish, although there are over 30 languages spoken there. Most Turks are Muslims and the Blue Mosque in Istanbul built in the 1600s, is a popular tourist attraction. 95% of Turkey is in Asia, and 5% is in Europe. Its largest city is Istanbul, which spans two continents, and has a European and an Asian part that you can walk between on a bridge. The country is bordered by three seas, the Black Sea, the Mediterranean Sea, and the Aegean Sea. The original name of Istanbul was Byzantium, which has Greek origins and refers to Byzas, the founder of the city. In 324, the city was renamed Constantinople, and in 1930, its name was changed to Istanbul. Even though you might associate Santa Claus with the snowy North Pole, he actually comes from a beach town in Turkey. St. Nicholas was a Christian bishop of Greek descent born on the southwest coast of Turkey in 300 AD. His parents were rich, and when they died, he would give away money to the poor. He was said to drop bags of gold coins down people's chimneys and give fruits to children. His fame spread through Europe, and the legend of Santa Claus was born. Agriculture is the main occupation of the majority of the population, and half the country is made up of agricultural land. With its fertile soil, climate, and rainfall, Turkey is one of the few self-sufficient countries in the world in terms of food production. The most popular sport in Turkey is soccer, and their national team qualified for FIFA World Cup three times in 1950, 1954, and 2002, reaching the semifinals in 2002 to win a bronze medal. Basketball and volleyball are also popular sports. But the national sport of Turkey is, hold on to something, oil wrestling. It's one of the oldest sports in Turkey with an annual tournament since 1346. Wrestlers cover themselves with oil, which of course makes it harder to grab their equally slippery opponent. So that wraps up our journey to our place of the week, Turkey. This is Time Out Radio's 60th episode, and we've been on the air for two and a half years. If you have ideas for topics that you would like us to cover or guests who you want us to invite, drop us a line on Instagram at timeout.radio. All right, let's call a timeout for Time Out Radio. This was your host, Rohan Bakshi. You're listening to Cater 95.7 FM, where the grassroots grow. Have a great day, everyone.